The patient is a 45-year-old male who had contracted a skin and soft tissue infection while at the gym. He was prescribed antibiotics, and the infection started to clear. But towards the end of the treatment, he suddenly developed a rash and flu-like symptoms so severe that he presented to the emergency room. This is DDX, a podcast from Figure One about how doctors think. This season is all about dermatology. I'm Dr. Raj Bardwaj. Today's case comes from Dr. Stephen Chen. I am a dermatologist and an internist at Massachusetts General Hospital in Boston, Mass. The patient was young, otherwise healthy, and just finishing a course of antibiotics to treat his skin infection. So what was going on? When I first saw him, he was, you know, I think often in medicine, we always talk about our ability to identify someone as being sick or not sick. And he was definitely someone who was sick. He was lying in bed, barely could open his eyes, barely could talk. Actually, his wife was in the room and she did a lot of the talking when I first met him because he was feeling so out of it and so sick. Dr. Chen was brought in to help. He noticed right away something that hadn't been spotted. He just was red all over, and it would have been very easy to actually miss the rash completely. But if you looked really, really carefully and looked really close, you could actually see that he had a lot of small two to three millimeter erythematous bumps or papules that coalesce. So they all come together and they create these larger plaques. And the reason I say that it's easy to miss is because he was covered head to toe in them. And so I think someone who's not looking for it could easily gloss over that and say, oh, maybe that's his normal skin and he's just red. The patient had all the typical symptoms of infection, but it could have also been an allergic reaction to the drugs he was prescribed. Dr. Chen checked the patient's file and saw that he was prescribed an antibiotic known as trimethoprim sulfamethoxazole, sold under the brand names Bactrim, Sulfatrim, or Septra. At that moment, you have to make a decision, because if you think this is a drug reaction, you treat it one particular way. But if you think about the fact that there's a person in front of you with a rash, feels ill, and has a fever, the natural inclination is to think that they have an infection. The history for this patient was really helpful because knowing that he had taken Bactrim for a while and knowing that he had cleared his infection before completely and was just finishing off his antibiotic course, I think really helped me push toward a drug reaction as being the most likely reason for his symptoms. This was a serious decision. If the patient was having an allergic reaction and was given more of the antibiotic that triggered that reaction, he would get worse. But if he was fighting a severe infection and was given steroids to suppress his immune system, he would also get worse. Unless you know about the diseases that are possible when you think of this constellation of symptoms, it's sometimes easy to miss. And the Bactrim is, we know, a very common culprit for drug allergies. And so that was something that was a red flag just to start. When he got admitted and I first saw him, he looked miserable. He had a fine kind of sandpaper red rash throughout the body. He looked just kind of what we call edematous or swollen all over. And his blood pressure was starting to tank. His blood pressure, I remember, was in the 70s over 40s, which is certainly not something that we're used to seeing on a regular medicine floor. Dr. Chen recognized these symptoms and made a decision. And to be honest, for the first few hours, we really didn't know which way he was going to go. Because if we were wrong, and this was actually an infection, giving steroids can certainly make that worse. As we're immunosuppressing the patient and making their immune system kind of go to sleep in some sense, it really increases the risk that an infection can take off. 
Luckily for him, though, and luckily for us, I should say, our suspicions were correct, and he started to turn the corner. His blood pressure came up, and he could stay on the regular medical floor after getting this whopping dose of steroids. Once we kind of knew that we were dealing with this drug reaction, it became more of a question of how do we take care of him on a longer-term basis. The diagnosis was DRESS syndrome which is drug rash with eosinophilia and systemic symptoms. This is an important thing not to miss because the mortality rate from this is 10%. So one out of every 10 patients who gets this disease will actually die from it. What might have happened if Dr. Chen had not recognized these symptoms? If we had missed it, if we had not realized that this was a drug reaction, the potential is that he could have gone to the intensive care unit or stayed on the floor provided his blood pressure was stable. But if no one had started steroids for him, then the next move probably would have been antibiotics because the next highest thing on your differential would be an infection. We already know that his entire drug syndrome was set off by an antibiotic. And certainly antibiotics don't cross-react that frequently. But you can imagine that if you're adding more and more unnecessary drugs and unnecessary medications to the equation, you certainly not only miss your opportunity to treat this in an expedient and quick way, but you could potentially compound the problem if you accidentally pick something that has some crass reactivity with the original drug that may have caused the syndrome in the first place. The worst case scenario, of course, is that you don't catch this and then their liver failure ends up getting worse. There are cases of these patients who end up needing a liver transplant from DRESS syndrome. And obviously, in a worst case scenario, these patients do end up dying from their fulminant liver failure. Dress syndrome is easy to miss. One factor complicating the diagnosis is that the rash can show up as late as two to eight weeks after exposure to the drug that triggered it. And sometimes there isn't even a rash. You might not think you've seen it, but maybe it has seen you. The name is a little misleading because it's drug rash with eosinophilia with systemic symptoms. And ironically, you actually don't need eosinophilia and you don't need a rash to actually make this diagnosis. But you can actually still have an intense systemic drug hypersensitivity syndrome that give you atypical lymphocytes, feeling ill, fever, all those things, and not necessarily have the rash or the eosinophils on your CBC. I've seen cases where patients have been admitted to the hospital and discharged and told that they had a viral syndrome. And reviewing their chart, it's rather clear that they actually had dress syndrome and no one picked it up. And these patients were lucky enough to be able to get discharged without systemic steroids. But there can be serious consequences if you miss the diagnosis. I think about those cases, and I think about the fact that these patients, if a dermatologist weren't to see them and to recognize that they actually had dress, they wouldn't know that they had this severe drug allergy, and a physician could expose them to one of these culprit drugs in the future. And so I still think it's important to think about this case if anything, for education for our patients so that they know what drugs to avoid, to try to avoid some terrible sequela like we've talked about. After starting on steroids, the patient began to improve. He ended up doing fine. So usually after dress syndrome, you have to be on steroids for six to eight weeks. And then after slowly peeling back the steroid dose, we can finally get the patient off of it. Being on steroids for a long time always comes with complications. And then the patient then has a lot of work to do. You can imagine taking systemic steroids for up to eight weeks wreaks havoc on your body in terms of bone health, fat deposition, 
blood sugars, blood pressure, all those kinds of things that we always think about when we're prescribing something like prednisone. And so this particular person is young and healthy, went back, really took another six to 12 months to kind of build everything back up again. I'm still in touch with this person, and this person actually was very open with the fact that it did take a long time to finally feel like he was back to normal again. And now he's, you know, living his best life. He will always avoid Bactrim at all costs. But I think that in my mind and in his, I think we both think that, you know, we're really fortunate that he was able to dodge a bullet in some ways. Obviously still afflicted with stress syndrome, but at least now understanding what to avoid and standing on the other side doing much better now. Thanks to Dr. Stephen Chen for speaking with us. This is DDX, a podcast by Figure One. Figure One is an app that lets doctors share clinical images and knowledge about difficult-to-diagnose cases. I'm Dr. Raj Bardwaj, host and story editor of DDX. You can follow me on Twitter at RajBardwajMD. DDX is produced by David Crosby for Earshot Podcasts. Sound design and mixing by Chandra Bullikon. Our theme music is by Nathan Burley. The executive producers of DDX are Jesse Brown and Kevin Sexton. Head to figureone.com slash DDX, where you can find full show notes, photos, and speaker bios. Thanks for listening.